it, it really is about the people. And, um, you know, I think you need to find the people that really believe in, our, in the values and in the work and the mission that we have. Uh, because as, as I've seen in the last years, that the ones that really believe in, you know, what they're doing, um, in the purpose of their job and the purpose of the company, they stay and they flourish. And it's sometimes so amazing to see what people can do um, and what people are able to do if they believe in something. So delighted today to be joined by um, Inveria's Anne Hansen on today's episode of Scaling So Far. Um, it's going to be a really great conversation and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting stuck in. Um, so welcome, Anne. Thank you. Um, so getting things started, are you able to share a little bit of a backstory about you, please, just your journey to where you are today? Yeah, of course. Um, well, I stumbled across Inveria um, and I joined them as, as a second employee, actually which was an awesome experience, I have to say. Uh, I went there for digital marketing and I think it took me like two weeks to do so much more than digital marketing, which is, you know, what you usually do if you started a startup uh, as one of the first employees. And um, yeah, it was, it was such a great journey. Um, but at some point we grew and we grew so fast uh, that our founder came to me and he was like, we need someone for the people team. Um, do you want to do you want to do that? Uh, I, I thought about it because <laughs> you know I went for digital marketing, so it was a very different uh, area that I wanted to, uh, that I, that he asked me to to join. And um, yeah, I thought about it and I I said yes. And that's where I am today. So you, so you came from digital marketing before, like that transition. Um, kind of, I want to touch upon that a little bit later, if that's okay. Yes. Um, and dig into that kind of um, experience because obviously that's a that's a big that's a big switch right from digital marketing to <laughs> very people. Um, let's just dig into um, Invira a little bit first though. Um, one of the top 100 energy startups globally, um, and I saw have been announced as one of the 2022 Europe Climate Tech 200, which is again yes. Awesome. Um, um, so can you can you just tell us a little bit more about the company's mission? Please. Yes. Well. Our mission is to make solar radically easy for businesses. But let me dig into that a little bit, uh, why we have that mission. Well, at the very beginning, um, our driving force was to find uh, ways to allow companies <clears throat> who didn't have the means to go solar. Um, so, for example, they didn't have the premises to, to build a solar system or they didn't have the funds to acquire a system. So we went into the market and uh, we found what was stopping them to go solar, but also why they wanted to. And there are actually several reasons you wouldn't have thought, <laughs> but it's, for example, high energy consumption and, you know, the electricity costs that come with it, especially nowadays. Um, but also they wanted to reduce their CO2 footprint, you know, get a higher ESG rating or simply improve their brand image. Mm -hmm. um, so if you look at the B2B market, it's a very, at least in Germany, it's a very underserved market. There are a lot of B2C providers, um, but there really are not that many for B2, B2B. So, um, but then you look at the pressure that companies get from society, uh, employees, um, regulation, and uh, we did wonder, like, why is there no proper offering? Because if companies look into the solar market, they hit a wall very fast. 
Um, so we wanted to make sure that every company really can go solar um, without the hassle. <laughs> um, so we provide a 360 degree angle um, of service. Uh, we we um, you know we we consult them on what kind of option they should go into, like it's opex or capex. So should they invest themselves, or maybe we own the system uh, and they just simply provide the premises. <clears throat> We implement, uh, we, we do the implementation. So we have our own construction site workers, own electricians um, that build the system, but it doesn't even stop there. We also offer PPAs for afterwards. We take care of the, um, of the system for the next 20 years <laughs> whatsoever. Um, so yes, you could say we are on a mission uh, to make solar radically easy. And to give you maybe another example is the real estate fund market it is a market that for example i mean they own for example the logistic halls which are huge um, but if you look at them most of them don't have solar systems and that is due to um, the misunderstanding or a misconception um, that there is a tax reason why they don't do it and we really didn't give up and I think it took us a year to come up with a concept that allows also them to go, um, go solar. And uh, we are um, onboarding more and more real estate funds as we speak. So that's a market that we are um, very excited about. Interesting, I mean, I was having a, I was having a nose on your, your website before our call today and it's just amazing. <laughs> like when I think about solar panels, I think about, you know, three on your roof, not like, entire buildings worth it's just massive isn't it and it's yeah. it's a real kind of one-stop shop and you've kind of carved out a real niche in the industry yes and i mean this is making a huge difference if you look at the market 80 percent of the energy um that's being used comes from companies so we need them to go solar in order to get you know to 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 do our uh, to stop global warming so i mean an interesting move then for you from that digital marketing to um to head of people because obviously you know it's quite a unique proposition that you were selling and maybe something a little bit more straightforward than having to transfer to this head of people role um, and obviously it was just two people now and and now it's about 50 is it no we actually I mean this is now we're 80 and I think next year we're about 200 so yeah wow really fast growth then okay so what was that what was that um kind of driving force for that move from marketing to to people what what was your yeah plan? well as I was saying at the beginning um I was doing a lot so I was also doing operations um so you know I was I was telling our construction type guys you know when to go where and I was ordering stuff to yeah like the solar panels to be there on time um I was doing also marketing of course and I was also doing sales because we need <laughs> that's also something that you need a startup um so I was doing so much and I got to know everyone at the company. And um, so when, when our founder, Melchior, asked me if this is something that I'd be interested in, I really did think about it because yes, marketing, you know, but that experience also helps me um, as well as the sales one um, and understanding what our business is all about. Um, so I'm building up that people department around our company. So I'm not looking into a lot of theories but I, I think I understand what our company and its values are at its core. So when when we say you went from marketing to people you didn't really you went from marketing sales operations logistics, 
bit of everything and now you're actually more niche than you were before which is quite an interesting one so what have been your kind of learnings along the way because obviously this is your first people role as such right so quite a big learning curve for you I expect. oh yeah you could, <laughs> you could, years, you so. you could definitely say that yeah, yeah it was a huge and very fast learning curve um but a good one um what what i learned is um and i think that's why we call it and a lot of companies are, are starting to the to do that as well people and culture culture is so important and um you, you really need to nurture it with every new employee joining the culture shifts itself a little right so it, it is you know it's, it's the people mm. so uh, something that is super important to me is the recruitment pro- process because especially what I'm saying, right? Every person that is joining is is doing its part. They're they're joining. They're they're bringing in some new culture maybe or aspects. Um, so good recruitment process and already finding the people that fit to our values and our culture is super important. Um, as well as you know, the, I, I'd say the typical that you look at the flat hierarchies, um, the values, the flexibility that you have. For example, take me as an example, right? I I started in digital marketing, and I ended up at, as head of people and culture. And you need to give people the room to develop and see, you know, maybe um, they they have more interests than what they came for, and maybe you need to check if if at a different position they can flourish even more. And and that wasn't that that was over a how long you've been there four years right oh yeah four and a half now <laughs> so, yeah. we're actually celebrating our five year anniversary to, to today of the company so, ah. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so four and a half years I've been here wow and and so much change for you in that time yes I mean I guess from a from a cultural perspective you're absolutely right it will it will kind of change um, as more and more people join the business especially as it was so little and you must have seen such a such a change in that and I think that's you know something that some companies struggle with um is actually scaling that culture keeping it true to the company and the vision that was from the leadership from the beginning um and making sure that there is still some element to that carrying through even as you bring kind of more people into the organization so what's been your approach to that is there what, how have you, what have you found? <laughs> what have you found to be effective in trying to keep that culture? Yes, I think it's, it it really is about the people, and um, you know I think you need to find the people that really believe in our in the values and in the work and the mission that we have, mm-hmm. uh, because as as I've seen in the last years that the ones that really believe in you know what they're doing, um, in the purpose of their job and the purpose of the company they stay and they flourish. And it's sometimes so amazing to see what people can do um, and what people are able to do if they believe in something. Um, they go the extra mile. <laughs> um, and it's, I think it's about uh, yeah, finding those people uh, and nurturing them, um, but also create a mirror, um, what we are about um, and reflecting it back to them. Um, and we do that, for example, through, you know, events, um, teamwork, uh, for example, cross, um, cross-functional teams we have, mm-hmm. you know, um, and we do things really, we do them together. Um, and of course, diversity is something that uh, we look at and it's, it's um, we, we have such a diverse team. I can tell you, it goes from really 
culture, um, but also age. And uh, yeah, and it's it's amazing. We we learn from each other, and um, it does boost everything. That's always really good to see, right? That there's a there's a um, acceptance of everyone in the organization, and especially yeah. if you're bringing in people. Yes, and I have to say, especially that age part. I think it's funny how um, a lot of startups call themselves very diverse, but then if you look at the age, it's usually like mid 30 people but uh, we 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 just hire by you know as i was saying like values and if they fit the company and that's really all that counts do you see um like when you look back to a few years ago like can you see a common theme from where you started like is there is there a common theme in that culture or do you think it's really shifted depending on i don't think it's shifted that much because I think our culture is about, you know, rolling up your sleeves, doing what you can, not being too important, not feeling like you're, you know, this is not my job, um, not creating silos. Um, and uh, I think this is, as I was saying, like we've we've obviously had employees. I also do mistakes, <laughs> even in the hiring process. We sometimes had people joining that uh, brought in, uh, I'd call it a co- corporate culture, <laughs> um, but that wasn't really fitting, and uh, we departed from each other because that's something like it really doesn't work. And um, I think it's important that also the leadership really, you know, lives those values that we have. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I truly don't think that uh, the culture changed that much. Our offices did. Um, but you know, at the beginning, we were living in an apartment, which yeah. had uh, a, a, we we're working, we were living there, but working in an apartment which had even a shower. Um, it had a washing machine. It was, it was literally, it was an apartment uh, used as as an office. Um, and now we have, I don't even know how many square meters, a um, thousand five hundred or something. Um, and I'm already looking at new offices, so that's changing. But I don't think the culture is changing that much. Yeah, I love that. It's like, well, we have to put in the hours if we're a startup. We might as well sleep here and wash our clothes and have a shower as well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, that's been a, that's been a massive period of growth. Then to two to eighty in four and a half five years mm-hmm. is is mad. And now growing even faster. So exactly, it's super <laughs> exciting. And um, I mean. You talked about from um, one of the aspects of your your culture is a kind of roll your sleeves up and get on with it mentality, which is which is great. But I mean, as you've taken the the company through that high high growth period, are there any other aspects of your culture do you feel that have been kind of contributed to that fast scale and and success of the business so far? Yeah, I think as you were saying, really the rolling up your sleeves and not being too important for anything um, is key it's it really is i think and to break the silos once they are being transformed you have to watch out for those silos and we've had that because um i mean information uh, flow is key uh for, for not for breaking those cells or for not being created and as i was saying right we were at the beginning we were in this apartment where we just shout each, to each other the information you would just i mean, i would hear our founder in a call and i'd i'd already know what's happening but once we moved to the next office, it had two rooms and already information <laughs> was, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there was some, some information lag. 
and silos were starting to to be formed and uh, we broke them down as we saw it and uh, you know we had to change stuff in our company um, for example like I was saying like all these all hands meetings like that's a, su such a startup thing right but um, you, you really have to have it because otherwise you are getting people lost um, and they and they feel it they feel lost at some point don't know what's going on you, yeah, and you need to keep everyone aligned and get them the information that, that they need to have. And I think that's very important. And it's something that you should always look out for. We have, for example, even between the leaders in our company, we had the problem of sometimes, you know, not, not talking properly to each other, but we created this leadership dinner that we have once a month where, you know, it's a, it's a good atmosphere to talk about whatever you feel like, because if you're in the office, You always talk about work and you got to start also talking about private stuff and other other things uh, apart from work. So we, we have that leadership dinner um, and we have offsides and all of that to keep the information flowing, but also keep the team as a team. And that's a really important thing, right? It, it comes from the, the top down because if the leadership don't feel connected, yeah. right, and they don't feel like they're, they're a team, then how is the rest of the business going to going to do so and um, I mean I know that you're really you're really passionate about that in terms of leadership and and hiring and nurturing great leaders into the business um so for you or maybe for Inveria as a business what makes a a great leader in that fast growth environment um I think it's listening to your employees to the people to their demands and contributions um trusting them <laughs> very important and being aware of human nature. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's very important. Uh, also not coming up with, you know, preset rules. I hate that. <laughs> um, but also being aware of that you are a leader. Like people are watching what you're doing. <laughs> um, so you really have to be aware on, you can, you know, you can preach whatever you feel like, but if you don't live it, you know, there's no point. I think that also makes a great leader that he's a great role model. I love that. But how, it's a difficult one, right? Because the um, what you talked about there is kind of behaviors, values, yeah. intuition, you know, flexibility. How do you hire for that? Because that's not something you can just, you know, get proof of a certificate. I am an intuitive human. Like, I don't know. I know. Like, how do you... How do you hire for that? How do you do that in your um, We, Our founder came up with that. Um, he usually has the first uh, interaction, goes with uh, with them to lunch. Uh, if we have an application, if we find someone that could fit, uh, usually via our network, because um, I think that works best. Um, we have like a team decision. If we're, we are a team and um, if we hire someone as a head or a C-level, Uh, we take a group decision. I'd, I'd love to see how that kind of scales as you get bigger and bigger, right? Well, I don't think we should get too many head-offs, right? Or C-levels. Like at some point it gets ridiculous, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we need people to also not only lead the departments, but do the, you know, the, do the job. <laughs> uh, so we're very cautious on um, on that kind of hiring. Very yeah. cautious. 
And I, I guess a lot of startups fall into that trap, right? Is everyone gets ahead of title because yeah. it's exciting and then you know, there's no one to do that. Job. <laughs> it's like, okay, nice. You're head of that department. You're on your own. So, you know, do the work. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Especially, I, I'm not a big fan of titles. So um, I think it's just about, you know, getting the work done. But with your, with your, with your title now, with your <laughs> people and culture title, um, I guess your part of your role will be to support those leaders, new and um, and previous in 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 the business. So how how do you how do you think a head of people and culture does that best within a fast growing business? How do you best support those leaders? Yeah, I mean, I think from the people department or people team, mm-hmm. um, you, leaders get a framework, right? They get you know, I can I can support them as in giving them a framework and you know, telling like <laughs> telling them our values on. But it's at the end of the day, it's about the leaders, you know, doing it. Um, so I can support them with s- systems or um, tools. Mm. For example, I saw that uh, especially in our operations unit, we were hiring a lot, and uh, our, our head of project management came up to me and he was like, I'm all I'm doing is um, onboarding people, onboarding people, transferring my knowledge, like, and I'm doing this every month repetitively. Um, so I looked at the solutions on the market and uh, saw a platform where you can just upload videos and make a learning path. And uh, now all the stuff that you need to know uh, we we videotape um, the the leaders are making videos and um, presentations uh, and we're creating this huge kind of academy approach in our company um, where everyone obviously can get that kind of knowledge because if it does come to the solar systems there is a lot of technical knowledge that you can gain uh, and it's for it's good for everyone right um, even in my department um, I'm I told my recruiter, for example, go, you know, have spend a week in our operations department and get to know what those people are doing and what we're all about and what the technical part is about. So we've got this, uh, so I'm creating this, um, or I'm setting up this platform right now. Um, look at the correct, the, 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 the fitting, uh, HRIS, I think it's called, <laughs> the correct software that our, our leaders can um, work with and that they get reminders and you know that's what I'm saying like um, I can I can give them the tools to um, concentrate on their work I think that's that's what I'm at least trying to do <laughs> no absolutely and, and and it's an interesting thing right the whole kind of knowledge bank knowledge sharing piece yes um, and the worst that can happen is you know one one it's in German it's called stille post um, it's um, when you transfer, like one person transfers the knowledge to the next one, the next transfers it to the next, and you know stuff is getting lost or changed, and it, at some point you have weird communication going around, weird information. Uh, so uh, that should never happen, and that's why you know it wasn't necessary when we were four people. It wasn't necessary when we were twenty, but it's definitely necessary now that we're eighty. Yeah, interesting. I think we've we we went through a, a kind of similar curve at, at Seed. You know, everyone pulling their knowledge into a database or um, 
we use Notion for that. We just a, just a, a pile of stuff into there, and you get to a point where you think actually, like, we need to organize this, right? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, people are just gonna repeat the same thing over and over again, or find five different versions of how you do something. And there needs to be some consistency when you get to that kind of critical mass as a business when you're ready to become consolidated and go out with a with a singular approach, right? But but you also need to make it interesting, right? Because no one's gonna if you've got this like the platform is only as good as the people using it. Yep. So if it's super boring content and you just put through 40 minutes videos, you're gonna get everyone lost. So we are looking into that. And for example, <laughs> our head of project management came up to me and he was like, I want a test in this in this and I want it to be the worst construction site you can ever think of and people have to be able to decide and it all goes wrong <laughs> so that <laughs> when they started they you know they get a feeling of what can happen on a construction site and are aware <laughs> worst case scenario no. yes be prepared <laughs> I have a I have a couple of questions to to close mm -hmm. this up today thank you so much for sharing that information with us a couple of lighter questions because I know it's quite a lot of heavy businessy conversations so if you could choose three people to have um at a dinner party or drinks from the present or from history who would they be and why um I think it would be uh I'd go for everyone I, I, I hear this question sometimes and uh everyone's going for Leonardo DiCaprio which I think is super funny <laughs> But I'd go for Leonardo da Vinci. Um, maybe he would have, because I think he was um, from, you know, from history. Um, heard that was, he, he had quite some knowledge and maybe he would know on, he'd have maybe even better solutions on how to get, stop that global warming. I heard that he had a solution on how people can, you know, live underwater, but he never revealed it because he was scared that people are going to take over the sea. So maybe he he has some idea on how to stop that global warming more effectively. <laughs> so he'd be he'd be the Leonardo I would go for, um, and um, also thinking of I, I looked at you know other companies and the, at the culture and people that were um, awesome at it. I would say, uh, for example, Tony Shai. The former CEO of Zappos, I saw a documentary on him and I thought it was, I mean, it was amazing on what he did. And then also this guy called Ricardo Semler, um, mm -hmm. who took over a company and who already did the stuff that we're talking about today in the 1980s um, in a family business. And I read about it and I thought it was amazing. And especially in the 1980s. Um, to be so innovative and, <laughs> and it's sad to say innovative and listen to the people. Um, and he, he created this whole really great culture in Brazil. Um, this company was based and I think after a few years, um, all students from the top universities wanted to work there. And he created this, this yeah amazing culture at this company when no one was preaching about it. So I think uh, it would be great to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, that's that that that's really interesting. I mean, I I'd, I'd probably go for both Leonardo's. I'm not going to lie, um, <laughs> but no, no. I, I think it's really interesting. It's, it's that's showed me quite a lot about actually, you know, you as a person in terms of those choices because that's you know, they are personal interests, but they are also connected to your work, which shows me quite a lot about your 
how you feel about. for me there is no difference like may, yeah maybe some difference between private life and <laughs> working but uh yeah I, I love what I'm doing which is fab which is an amazing thing to hear and you know you spend so much of your life at work right exactly you, you have to enjoy the the work that you do and the people that you're with and the the business that you're doing that with and it, it's great to hear kind of how passionate you are about about driving that forward um and obviously have been over the last kind of four and a half years <laughs> just just to just to finish this off today is there a a, a value or a phrase or a, a thought that you tend to to live but like your your motto or your your tagline I guess I don't think it's a real motto but I usually live by and this is also what I what I did when I looked at the people um, team. Um, it's don't look left and right, but find your own way. Um, for example, I, I really, I think I said this earlier on, I hate preset rules. Like mm. this is how it's done. And um, I think you have to find your own way. And um, if every company is different and everything that you're doing is, is you know, it's different. And for example, I heard that um, this is just, I thought it was a funny example, but um, I heard that 30% of leads coming in to a company are rubbish. With us, with us it really doesn't count. Like, I think 100% of them are great because our marketing department is doing a fantastic job. So, you know, how crazy would it be to just rule out 30% of the leads coming in? Because that's the rule. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I, I, I did the same with uh, the people department. I looked at the company and how it should be done here and on how the company has been set up and not how in theory, in the perfect world, how a people department should be, I don't know, managed. So I, I don't like looking left and right. I do try to find my own way every time with everything I do. And I, and I think we are, that's kind of come across as it, throughout this whole conversation is, your people team is for the people it's not for the business it's for the people to kind of to bring them forward and from a cultural perspective and I I love that so um that's been really really interesting and and really resonated throughout the whole conversation so thank you for that thank Um, you it's been really really interesting having a chat with you and really um good to hear what's kind of going on with your business and you know the very best of luck with the scale from 80 to 200 because that's big (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm scared, but I think we'll handle. (laughs) Of course, absolutely. I have no 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 doubt at all that you'll be absolutely fine. But um, we'll be we'll be watching from the sidelines and cheering you on. And um, yeah, very best of luck. And thank you again for talking with us today. It was lovely to meet you. Thank you.